0: Time now for another Pinball Profile. I'm your host, Jeff Teols. You can find our group on Facebook. We're also on Twitter at Pinball Profile. Email pinballprofile at gmail.com. Please subscribe on either iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. Our next guest, if you've listened to any podcast, you need to tip your cap to this guy because almost every single podcast rips off this guy's hard, hard work, and they call it News of the Week. Well, it had to come from somewhere, and good chance it came from This Week in Pinball and Jeff Patterson. Jeff, how are you, buddy? Good. How are you doing? Notice I don't rip you off. I don't do news of the week. Mine's all original content. I talk one-on-one. I don't rip you off. You do all the work. I give you credit.
1: That's how it should be. Well, I do have to say the podcast also gives me a lot of content. So, um ah, Chicken and the egg thing. It, yeah, it works both ways for sure.
0: Yeah, I guess that's a good point too. And you know what? I do like that you credit all the different podcasts on there when you get your source. And it's got to be tough for you. By the way, first of all, doing this interview, because I think I asked you a year ago to come on and you were very, very reluctant. Finally, you eked into doing a podcast with Zach from straight down the middle. And even then you were like, "Ah, I can't do this every week. So here you're on a podcast now with me. You're the one always doing the interviewing and I'm interviewing you. This has got to be uncomfortable as heck for you.
1: Yeah, uh, maybe we'll go back and forth. I'll ask you some questions later on. Whatever your comfort level is, that's fine. (laughs) That sounds good. Now,
0: I know how many hours you put into This Week in Pinball, the website, Facebook, (laughs) Twitter, every aspect of it. You have a regular job. This isn't like it's your full-time gig, but you probably put in the same amount of hours for This Week in Pinball as you do your regular job. Yeah, it's pretty
1: close, and that's almost uh, embarrassing a little bit, but... I just like this. It does not seem like I put as much time into it because I really enjoy doing the weekend pinball and doing the website. So I do spend a ton of time on it. it you know, it's probably a little unfair to my wife at times. Uh, I need to uh, figure out a way to take the time down a little bit. But yeah, it does. It's a lot of time. But like I said, it doesn't feel like because it, it is. Uh, I do enjoy it a lot. So
0: Jeff, when you first started doing this, You couldn't have imagined that it was so big and it was going to take up so much time. And I don't even know what your intent was when you first started doing This Week in Pinball. Was it just to maybe get a little bit of news or what
1: was the idea when you first started? So in the beginning, my thought was I was going to spend two hours on Sunday afternoon and go through Pinside and just compile a list of one to five stories that I was going to put on This Week in Pinball. And... From there, I started because at the time i I was getting ready to travel to on a work trip and I was getting on the airplane, I was downloading the uh some podcast to catch up on. And I was like, I got fifteen pinball podcasts here and then get on pinside and it's just so much it, pinside and all the other forums and twitch and YouTube thought I wish somebody would just put all of this in one place and just hit the highlights. And that's kind of how the idea came, but I thought it would be just a couple hours a week initially, and it grew quite a bit from uh, from what I had initially planned on for sure.
0: Well, yeah, you had to get pretty excited about it. I mean, because people you noticed like myself and others were mentioning, hey, check out This Week in Pinball. Steve Bowden for sure was highlighting it on Fun with Bonus. And he's a guy who's kind of done it on a daily basis, but just kind of highlighting what's going on around the pinball world through the people he knows, but maybe not necessarily news, just maybe check out this podcast, check out this arcade. You were actually getting some of the scoops. Now, you said you got a lot of it off Pinside and also some of the podcasters as well. I can't believe you listened to 15. My goodness. <laughs>
1: It's probably,
0: probably more than more that now, that now. <laughs> yeah it's way more now right yeah there's a bunch i like yourself have talked to some of the game designers and mm-hmm. when they hear podcasters or in the news of some sort talk about the upcoming titles and you've got that on this week in pinball they're mm-hmm. kind of shocked they're like okay how do they know this and i obviously don't want to reveal your sources but right how do you determine which is news and which is a rumor
1: yeah it's it's really tough to know how to deal with uh Information. So at first, people are very reluctant to trust you in certain, um, which is obviously the way it should be. I've gained the trust now through. I mean, my my main policy is if some someone shares something with me, whoever the source is, I don't release anything about that unless I have their 100% approval. And even in some cases, when I do have their approval, if I don't think it's appropriate, then I won't release. You know, whatever the news is, as far as news versus rumors, it's a tough, you know, getting into it. I thought, well, I'm only going to do news on this. I'm not going to get into the rumors, but so much of, of what is in, because like right now I wouldn't talk about Munsters because Stern hasn't confirmed that, you know, you have to walk kind of a fine line there and it's on a case by case basis on, on what is quote news and what are our rumors. And I've also I will say this too. I've also found that if you do say, you know, there's a rumor that that Jersey Jack is going to make Prices Right. Well, people, if you if they read that, they don't think it's a rumor. They go with that, and and they'll say, hey, this week in Pinball's is reporting that uh, Jersey Jack is doing Prices Right. So it's kind of a you just have to be careful with uh, which what you put out there. So so rumors that I put on the website now. I have reason to believe that they're true. It's not just from some random person that just told me something. I do have a an LE like subscriber thing where I I share stuff that is not twip worthy, if you will. Some things that are just uh, rumors that may you know I don't have enough confidence in them to actually put them on the website.
0: And that's part of your Patreon, which I'm glad you're doing. And I, I remember telling you when you first started doing this and the hours increased and increased. And then you even did the Twippy Awards. And I'm like, I hope somebody's paying for that. And you're like, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, these manufacturers are really big into this. I mean, look at how they you know, got excited about this kind of thing. You should get mm-hmm. a buck for this. Maybe it's a sponsor or something. You said oh, I am working on that, and I am glad you did Patreon because there are a lot of people there that certainly enjoy what you do and want mm-hmm. to give back. So I am glad that's happening, and and it's you know others do it as well. It's had to be hard, I can imagine, to ask at first, but oh, you are giving something, maybe you can get something back. What was your kind of thought in the Patreon?
1: Yeah, it was really awkward for me. I don't, uh, I I i I don't like ads on websites. And I also didn't want to appear that I was, uh, you know, begging for support or anything, but, but it kind of got to the point where, especially when I was getting into 30, 40 hours a week where I'm thinking, all right, I'm spending all this time, I'm way in the red right now. I got to at least try to get back to even on this, you know, so, you know, at least break even. And then, uh, if I can get a little something for the time that, you know, that, Every little bit helps, so um, but yeah, it was very awkward, and i I hate uh i don't know I just it's it's not really my personality to ask for that stuff, but at this point i it, I just got to a point where I thought I have to do something's got to give here, so I'm glad you did it,
0: and here I am giving you awkward questions you're usually on the other side of the mic, you've come <laughs> on this program all right, I'll, time to relieve your tension just a little bit, back
1: to what you do best. You can ask a question or two go ahead okay i've got I've got a few for you. So you've, you have, is it 159 episodes now? Right around there? Maybe 160? Sure. Okay. Something around there. And what was your favorite episode that you've done so far? I know that, uh, I I gotta say that Kaylee George, one of the recent ones was my favorites, but you've had, you know, Alice Cooper, Gene Simmons, Ed Robertson. Do you have a, a favorite episode? Yes, I do, actually. And no one's ever asked me that question, but it's a
0: very, very, very easy answer. It's this one? <laughs> <laughs> You're so close, Jeff. You're tied for second. Okay. My favorite one I've done, by far, is the one I did. And it's not even pinball related in a way. It's just talking about David Taylor. And I know it's recent and it's maybe easy for me to say uh, that, but it really is because that is, in a nutshell, why I do pinball profile to know more about the people in pinball. And this is a guy I met by Mm -hmm. doing a podcast that reached out to me that became a good friend and somebody you look forward to seeing when you go to different events and Mm -hmm. not a lot of people have a podcast to be able to share their feelings about anybody. I'm lucky Mm -hmm. that I have that opportunity and others came and joined and, and sent me notes and, uh, His sister, who I've never met, wrote me a lovely note about how much that meant. Because think of his family, even his wife, Eileen, they didn't get to see him do these kind of pinball events other than probably locally in Birmingham, Alabama. And he Mm -hmm. went out to all, he had this, not secret life, he had this other world of friendships that no one knew that he was so important to in the pinball community. So that really meant a lot to me. Sentimentally, I know it's recent, but I think that'll go down as something that means the most to me.
1: Yeah, I I listened to that episode. Um I didn't have a the chance to know David, but that episode was it's tough to listen to without uh tearing up a little bit and it was uh it was neat that you called, you know, had some people call in and uh that was definitely a special one to listen to. Thanks, Jeff. They're all special to me because
0: um some of them people I know very well and some of the people I don't know very well, but they've reached out to me and I want to get to know them and have since got to know them, so it's a really unique community. Like it's, it's weird to be able to say, I can go into almost every city, major city in the United States, probably Canada and say, I probably know somebody or vice Mm -hmm. versa and have some sort of connection. So I'm never really a stranger now. It's kind of neat that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, And you're probably in the same boat too.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, meeting people are the, I, I find when I go to, uh, to shows you know I went to Texas Pinball Festival for the first time this year and I spent most of the time just hanging out with people and it was a blast you go there I was thinking I'm going to play all this pinball but then you get in the exhibit hall and you know you'll play a game here and a game there but uh, it's just fun to meet people and
0: I've said it before and normally I go to these type of events for the pinball tournaments I will play in the pinball tournaments but I'm looking forward to the shows and the seminars plus all the people too and the, the free play
1: now Here's another question for you. Your current pinball ranking. I looked this up before uh, before you called because I figured I had to throw a few questions your your way. But you are 89th in the world. Is that correct? Did I drop? Damn it! Were you higher than that?
0: I not by much, but a little bit. Yeah, sure. Don't worry. I'm so, coming. Up, I'm coming back, baby.
1: So, is there? Are you the best ranked podcaster? Well, I mean, is there another one that? The has, quick
0: answer is, you're damn right. I am. <laughs> the modest I'm, answer I'm is, you. you're damn right I am, but the truth is, if you count Stephen Bowden and the meltdown, which is really just him drunk calling, I guess Stephen would uh-huh. be the best.
1: I gotcha. See, I wanted to throw you a softball there. for uh, <laughs> Thanks. But Stephen doesn't have the knee problem that you have right now, right? Well,
0: he's fit as a fiddle. He's a lucky man. I mean, he just turned 40. Yeah. I can't remember turning 40. It's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> How is the knee, by the way? It's uh, it's doing fine. I'm waiting for surgery. So listen, if uh, I play <laughs> terrible, it's killing me. If I'm doing all right, it's yeah. fine. It all depends on my pinball play. Ya. You know how that goes. I hear you, for sure. So I wonder where this passion of asking questions came for you. For me, it's part of my job, right? And it's different than what your job mm-hmm. is. So were you like a high school reporter or something like that?
1: Uh, did you do kind of yearbook stuff? What What was it for you? No, I didn't do any interviews or any type of reporting or anything like that. I actually, I wanted to build a website, but I wanted to figure out, because I kind of got into doing uh, some learning about HTML and and uh, different ways of web design and things like that. And, uh, and I just wanted to build like a basic website. And so I built a couple and I thought, well, this is not you know i'm not really building anything interesting here but then when i got the idea for twip it kind of just became a creative outlet and it's a a new thing you know i'm honestly when i did uh when i do interviews when i started i was looking up what what's the uh, common like courtesy with interviews and questions and things like that just wanted to try to be as professional as possible in that but i don't have a uh i do it more for like i said a a creative outlet to uh just the writing and i know that 90 plus percent of, of what i do on twip is is objective but i do i like to write you know i'm always working on some article that i might or might not put up on a on a random day that's you know all the reasons for a Harry Potter pinball machine or just some fun, silly stuff like that that's uh just i don't know it's i I enjoy the your creative aspect of it, and that's uh that's kind of how I got into it so you
0: like many people talk about that famed Harry Potter theme machine that would be a great license to have, and I can't argue that for sure, but because that's maybe one of the big licenses that's out there that would be a no brainer to make into a pinball machine. Do you think the expectation would be so
1: high that it might cause for disappointment? Absolutely. There is no as a Harry Potter huge Harry Potter fan, I have already accepted that if somebody gets the license and makes it, it will never live up to my expectations. And it's just that's because it's impossible to be And and that's it's kind of the chase for the the perfect pinball machine, you know, that we Everybody wants to know what's around the corner and, and, and it's, it's a quest for the perfect pinball machine that doesn't exist, but that's, it's, every new pinball machine has some, some redeeming factors and, uh, but no, I don't think the Harry Potter one would ever, I know it would never live up to the hype for me. I just have to be like honest with myself. It would never, cause the only way, I'd like seven different ones for each. Oh gosh. <laughs> each movie, each book. And uh, even then, I know that i would be like, well, this wasn't done quite as how I would have done it. So it's just it's the nature of it. But I'd be thrilled with any Harry Potter machine. But I know that it's not it's just like uh, any big license is going to have going to have a tough time. I mean, you look at Star Wars. I don't think that, that there's a way that Star Wars could have lived up to to the hype that it had before it came out from Stern. It, there's just it, those huge licenses. People just have this, uh, you just get this in your head on. it's going to be, people are too close to it and they have in their head, they want this and they want this and they want this and they want this. And it's it's never going to be what you have in your mind. And thousands of people all have different things in their mind of what it should be. So it's tough for manufacturers to live up, live up to, uh, you know, the, the expectations in, in that regard.
0: I think Star Wars might have been a little bit better, and you know how I love Steve Ritchie, so I'm certainly not knocking him or anyone at Stern for that matter. It's just there's just not great gameplay in that the action button. I think you may know how I feel about that, and <laughs> the moving around of the multipliers. Oh
1: yeah, we're and we're on the we're on the same page with the action button. I'm uh, I am not a use of overuse of the action buttons, um, whether it's. Star Wars or collecting gold in uh, the New Jersey Jack Pirates. I like the action buttons for when they're used in certain ways, but the uh, just the the Tie Fighters and the, I'm not a big fan of of that type of use of the action buttons. As far as Star Wars, I mean, it's I, I think it was a uh, you could kind of hear in the the interviews it sounded like you know after it was released that there was definitely frustration on. And I'm reading into. It. I shouldn't put words in somebody else's mouth, but I got the feeling there was some frustration with being this, the license being a little bit strict. Which it's Star Wars; they're not going to let you do whatever you want with it, obviously. But you know, it's. I mean, even after Steve Ritchie was talking about, you know, he's gonna he's done with licenses for a while. So yeah, it's it's a fun game though. It's a fun it's fun to shoot. If it shoots like a Steve Ritchie game. I don't know the multiply. I honestly, I don't play for for score which i know is for somebody that's ranked top 100 in the world you got to be thinking what but i don't i don't move multipliers i don't play for score uh i and maybe i will someday if i get more into the competitive scene but right now i just play to progress through the game jeff
0: you are like a lot of people in that way because not everyone plays in competition in fact quite a few of them do not they're collectors they just maybe play in a fun league. Maybe it's not even IFPA. I'm not necessarily in that mindset. I certainly like to play for fun as well and do at home. I think there's something about competition in me. Maybe it's just years of sports and it's now translated into pinball and always trying to be the best you can be. But you know, there's certainly times when I just like to play goofy games. I heard of some fun ones too that my buddies have done where they'll play a pinball machine wearing boxing gloves or they'll you know, put something over the flippers like Tommy the Shield, and I think that's really, really cool. I get into that kind of stuff too. Mm-hmm. I think there are more people out there that are probably in that scene, although there are a lot of people that are competitive players. Just look at the IFPA and the sixty-three
1: thousand players they now have. Oh yeah, yeah, and I, I've played competitively. I am. Uh, when you say there is sixty-three thousand, I'm probably closer to sixty thousand than I am to uh, ten thousand, but. I I did play competitively because when I, I I wanted to get more into pinball in some, some way. And my first thought was, Oh, maybe I'm going to be the next Keith Elwin. So I went to a a local tournament and, uh, my first one. And I, I was at the time I owned a, a Stern Star Trek machine and I knew the ins and outs. And, uh, I got paired up with this guy who I didn't know at the time, but he was number two in Indiana and uh, I got paired up with him, and, and I got to choose which machine. We were at an arcade, so I chose—I chose it was a Star Trek Premium, but I so, chose a Star Trek. And he, on his first ball, put up what would have been the grand champion score on my Star Trek, and that's when I thought, <laughs> eh, maybe, maybe I'm not going to be the next Keith Ellen. So, no, but it's and that. It, I would say that the competition is, when you get into that, where every plunge matters, that is a fun, intense feeling. Um, I just wish I was a little bit better at pinball.
0: Did you have some kind of sports background? Because I know you're a baseball fan like I am. I obviously enjoy the Blue Jays. You're a big White Sox fan. And there's actually a bit of a connection there, too, because… The Toronto Blue Jays have a play-by-play announcer who just took over this year. He had done AAA for years and years and years in mm-hmm. Buffalo. His name is Ben Wagner. Great guy and a guy you've known for many years. He's, mm-hmm. I guess, an Indiana
1: guy. Yes, we went to the same high school. Um, so, And that reminds me, Ben Wagner actually went to the, the same high school as Jeremy Packer, Zombie Eddie. We all three went to the same high school. But Ben Wagner was... a uh, in the same, my, I have a brother that was a grade below me and Ben Wagner was in, in his grade. So he was better friends, uh, with my brother, but yeah, Ben, Ben was, a a friend of ours. And, uh, I know that you had just talked to him recently. Uh, he was one of the, I think few people that I think he knew what he wanted to do from from the time he was young because, uh, he has been into, uh, sports casting and and uh calling games since i can remember and yeah both my as far as being into sports the the background uh I was definitely into into sports uh golf was probably my i went to a very small school golf was probably my best sport but i uh, also played uh, basketball and football and tennis and baseball a little bit when it didn't overlap with golf yeah kept kept busy with the uh The sports seasons, and that's—I think—that's part of the uh, the uh, why the competition is so much fun with with pinball. But it's—I got to get better. Maybe I need to turn off the fifteen-second ball saves on my (laughs) my (laughs) machine at home. (laughs) You said you played some basketball
0: in Indiana. Isn't that law like if you don't, they kick you out of the state?
1: Oh yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you uh, you're pretty much uh, forced to play basketball here. So,
0: But what is it about pinball in Indiana? Because it does seem like a real hotbed. You know yourself, the straight down, the middle guys, Zach and Greg, uh, this flipping podcast, Tommy and Taylor. What is it about Indiana? Is it just because it's so close to Illinois and all the game companies there? You
1: know, I'm not sure. I think that, uh, so when when I got into pinball, we in downtown Indy, um, I'm, I'm close to Indianapolis, and uh, we had basically one pinball machine in downtown Indy and it was a half broken monopoly that was not even worth putting a quarter into because it was just, it was one of those, those machine location machines that just, you know, the, the flippers were super weak and it, the switches didn't work all the time. And don't worry, the working ones suck too. (laughs) I hate monopoly. Sorry. But now we have a, we have a handful of locations that have maybe five to 10 plus machines where Tommy is up in uh he's up in um Lafayette and that was until like last year had the largest arcade in the state so that kind of got I think helped I'm sure it helped Tommy get into get into pinball more cuz uh, the guy up there Dan he runs the Main Street Amusements and that's that's where I played in competitions there and he keeps all of his games up to perfect working order and then Bud who runs the the location's down in Indy now. I mean, he keeps his games in pristine condition, too, so it it makes it fun to, to go out and play. But, yeah, I don't know why. I don't know how Zach and Greg got into it. We I had bought a machine off of Zach uh, before either of us were into, you know, anything pinball media related, I guess. But, uh, yeah, we were both definitely passionate about pinball, and, yeah, just it kind of takes off.
0: So. Zach and you have obviously a great friendship and it's interesting to hear that it is before you guys both started your podcasts and streams and websites. Now you have joined forces for this week in pinball podcast. I know you've backed away a little bit you've had some guest hosts on there. It's it's a great show. Great IDs, by the way. I don't know how you did that. That home <laughs> run. The best in the
1: business. I <laughs> actually, now, now what I'm doing, uh, when I'm working on uh so I was working on uh, this week in pinball today and you know, I get to this week's top five stories, and I do it in a Teola's voice. Like as I'm reading it, I'm proofreading this, and it says, and I I just read it in a Teola's voice. I can't help it; it's it's stuck.
0: Well, thanks. It's fun to be a part of that. And by the way, thank you for the invite to come on and guest host. I will do that soon. In fact, you asked me this week. It was very very kind. Thank you. It means a lot to me, and I'll definitely do it. I just thought, well, I was just on Slam Tilt podcast. It probably be a little bit of overkill. I'd be sick of hearing me. So you know. <laughs> We'll give some other people a chance to do it. And one of the guys that does it all the time, Dennis Creasel from Eclectic Gamers Podcast, a very, very knowledgeable and funny person. Not only does he help on This Week in Pinball Podcast, but he's also done some great articles for you, too, on the website.
1: Yeah, Dennis is phenomenal. And let me go back to Zach, too, because um, Zach gets a lot of crap on the forums. And, uh, and- What? Just, he does, he, he buys, he buys, uh, he buys machines and flips them, them them, you can call it what, uh, well flips them. A lot of times he flips them for a loss, but, um, but he does, he goes through the machines, uh, quickly, but so what, so what, you know what, this is one of the things,
0: Uh, so hold on, let me defend Zach. Mm -hmm. I'm fine with that because what he's doing is unboxing. He has a lot of fun with that. He does a great stream for it. And then he gives somebody probably, like you say, a deal on a machine that you know is only a couple days old. Who cares? Keep yeah. doing it,
1: Zach. Yeah. And he's – and that's – I hope that he keeps doing it because he is one of the – You know, it, he does so much work. I mean, his – the amount of hours, I would say that the number of hours that he puts in is every bit as much as the number of hours that I put in. He works and, – and he's got – Uh, He does not I don't know how, but he's got four kids also. So he's doing all that work on top of more family obligations and things like that. Ah, So he's a lousy parent. uh, That's what it
0: is. (laughs) That's
1: That's what you're saying. I'm reading between uh, the lines here, Jeff. I got it. I got it. Example. Last weekend, he went uh, on vacation and he was getting back. I think he was getting back Sunday and I sent him the podcast material. He got back after driving Sunday for 10 hours and then record a podcast with somebody and stayed up till two in the morning editing the podcast, got up at six in the morning and uh, finished the podcast and got it to me. And I'm telling him, don't worry about not doing it this week, but he just, I mean, he spends so much time on this and he makes entertaining content. Um, So it is, it's sometimes for me, uh, it's tough to see when people are on the forum saying, eh, that was crap you know, it's like, man, you you don't know what he went through to get this up, (laughs) you know, to get this, to get this content. And, you know, he spends a lot of time and energy on it. And, and going back to Dennis too, uh, Dennis is, I met him at, at Texas pinball festival and he was, uh, he was talking to Zach and I was just, and we were all talking, but, uh, and just kind of, you know, Dennis is a, can be like, you know, sarcastic and stuff like that. And he and Zach talking back and forth, I thought, man, that would be a great podcast because, and and I, when I started the podcast, I told Dennis open invite with, with him because he's, he's great. Like he has strong opinions and he has great chemistry with Zach on there. And it's, it's fun to listen to. There are several, Ken, I mean, there, Zach does a good job, man, I'm really talking Zach up, I don't want him to be like the. He says the voice of uh, this week in Pinball. I'm not. Uh, I'm not for that. But he does a really good job of. Of uh, he can gel with a lot of different types of personalities. Oh, we'll see. So I'll, oh, we'll see. Yeah. I'll bring him down <laughs> to size. Uh, yours is going to be interesting though, because uh, you know the voiceover is going to be the smooth and buttery Jeff Teolis, and then we're going to come back from that, and it's going to be. A smooth and buttery Jeff Teolis. I'll make you some fake IDs for that, you know, or just like top <laughs> five. <laughs> <laughs> News of the week.
0: We'll have a Pinside PD or something. Pinside PD. I'm going to have to retire that guy pretty soon.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I'd say keep him coming. He, uh, he can encapsulate some uh, frustrations, With I love that he lo- that. He hates every podcast. Not everyone. For Mr.
0: Not everyone. Except for Mrs. Finn. He might have a little crush on Mrs. Pinn. <laughs>
1: Well, that's not surprising. He's a uh, Pinside Petey. So. And she's awesome. Is it Petey Pinside, Petey Pinside or Pinside Petey?
0: Okay, listen, you're making it sound like I'm Pinside Petey. There's, obviously, there's no I, way that's allegedly. true. I know it's kind of like how um, Peter Parker had access to Spider-Man. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So from what I know of Pinside Petey, who was created on Head to Head Pinball Podcast, he was making mm-hmm. fun of the Pinsiders, not Pinside the website, but the Pinsiders who just attack everyone. Like you talked about attacking Zach for things, just were constantly complaining about people. And what they were doing was they were doing reviews on Iron Maiden and Mm -hmm. someone said, I hate the band. i give it a one out of 10, which has nothing to do with the game, nothing. But now that rating affects the rating on Iron Maiden. So they were making fun of how stupid that is. And I thought, well, let's create this Pinside PD guy. Or, Ooh. sorry, did I say create it? That's, what do you mean? I mean, maybe there's this <laughs> Pinside PD guy. Out there. Yeah, exactly. There's this Allegedly. there's this guy out there who just hates on everything. So he has heckled and emailed uh, certain podcasts. I think he made a quick appearance even on Slam Tilt just recently. And uh, I'll be very, very honest with you. I'm scared of him.
1: I'm a little scared of him too. I'm hoping that he never uh, takes his wrath out on, on this week in pinball.
0: If you find your website or your Facebook page, you're, yeah, it's a matter of time.
1: Just a matter of time. But, uh, and I, I love Pinside. Um, the, I've had tons of help on Pinside, but there are, uh, there are a few people that just will, uh, hate for the sake of hating. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's especially, especially with, uh, like, like podcasters that aren't getting paid anything to do this, you know, pinball news. And I know when, uh, uh, coast to coast when Nate interviewed, and this is going, I'm kind of going off track here but when when Nate interviewed uh John Papaduke and you know people just posted I lost all respect for for him and his show and it's like he's like 190 episodes in and he's not this is not what he does for a job you know and there's nothing wrong with having opinions but just it can be brutal on there at times uh it's just it can be brutal yeah
0: thank you for saying that because That's a great point. Whether it's coast to coast, whether it's Pinball Profile, whether it's any podcast, I don't think any of us expect everyone to like everything we do. The topic might not be of interest, so they just avoid it. Feel free to do that. But you might hear somebody you don't like. That doesn't mean the podcaster's at fault or even siding with them. It's just giving their point of view. I like to think of what I do, and I think others do too, of Here's the wide spectrum of everybody in pinball from the far left to the far right, you know, from the elite to the noob. It doesn't matter. And you pick and choose. That is what the pinball community is. So as much as I've done some episodes that have been interesting, like you mentioned Kaylee George, that one certainly got thousands and thousands of downloads. Mm -hmm. Andre Masenkoff was another one that had that. I'll do unique Mm -hmm. stories about people that you've never heard about, and they might not be as downloaded, but they're still downloaded quite a bit. So there must be some interest there. Or they certainly like maybe, maybe, heaven forbid, they like the style of the interview. That could be something or they want to learn something about somebody. Right. When Nate did that or any interview or anybody, any podcaster does a topic. Remember, they're doing this on their own time. It's free. So
1: here's another perfect, perfect example here is Martin from Pinball News, who has been providing free pinball content for 20 years Incredible content, incredible website. And he makes his first post on Pinside was asking about, he said he's going to uh, interview Andrew Highway and wants, if anybody has any suggestions for questions that they want answered, which is a completely legit thing to do. And uh, it was, he got crushed for it on, on Pinside. And I, yeah, it's one of those things. I mean, the guy has literally been doing it for 20 years. He is like some of those guys, you know, the, the, the Nate Shivers, the Martins, uh, you know, Pinball News, these guys that were kind of the front runners on all this. I just, it's tough to see when people criticize them. I criticize them on in in like unfair ways, I guess I should say. You've
0: got to take the bad with the good, right? Yeah, Yeah.
1: for sure. I'd be
0: lying if I said, oh boy, you know, I, I get great reviews. I know there are people that like what I do, but I also know there are people that I just am not their style. It's not what they want. There's no news. Oh, yeah, absolutely. What are you going to do? You no. can't please everyone. It's impossible to do that.
1: No, and it's completely fine. It's, it's totally fine. If you don't like it, don't read it. You know, but Don't listen to it.
0: But I would interview absolutely anybody, whether I like mm. them or not, whether I believe in them or not, it would be just good to hear their point of view. And that doesn't mean it's an endorsement by me. It's just getting their side of the story.
1: Yeah, and I, I know with this week in pinball, I try to be objective. I'll cover. It doesn't matter who it is. If they have news uh, or or something newsworthy, then I will. I'll cover it. So don't want to exclude anyone.
0: We talked a little bit
1: about it earlier
0: about that trust factor that you have with some of the distributors and the manufacturers. Do you sign any
1: NDAs? I have not yet. Um, I, I have offered to sign NDAs in certain situations. But I've kind of built a trust with uh, most of the manufacturers so far. So I haven't signed any NDAs, but I also don't release things that uh, that I think would be, you know, over the line or anything like that. So, But no, I have not signed any NDAs yet.
0: When you just went to San Antonio and you went to Deep Root and you got a great look at that facility, which I think we're all excited to see, were there things you've obviously held back?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's. Uh, I mean, most of it. And I, I was actually when I went down there, I was not planning on doing an article about it. I just wanted to to tour it. And I, I had talked to Robert um, initially, and I said, Hey, I'm. I would love to do an article on this, obviously, because I knew it would the uh, pinball community would be interested in it. But I would love to do an article on this. Um, but I don't know if I know that because they are very busy. They're trying to get everything ready. Um, and initially I, I don't think Robert was very interested in, in me doing an article. So I did the tour thinking that I wasn't going to do an article and we got to the end and, and, uh, he mentioned, you know, if you want to write something up, feel free. So I talked to him a little bit about what was off limits and what was, uh, you know, okay to share, but I always err on the side of not sharing, but yeah, there was a, there was a lot that I was, uh, that I could not share on that. It was very exciting. Um, I'm looking forward to Texas Pinball Festival and uh, Deep Root launching. I hope that uh, their manufacturing and everything can get up to speed, and uh, I hope they succeed.
0: Everyone I've talked to has that same excitement, too, and some bigwigs in the industry, so there must be something there, and I'm looking forward to that, too, when the five days of Deep Root happen. Do you think they're going to be able
1: to meet their deadlines? I don't know that they will, and I don't know that they won't. I can't really— and I. I, I hate to just hedge my bets. I don't know enough about the manufacturing process to even make a guess on if they will meet their deadlines. So I can only base things on every startup has struggled with, with manufacturing. Now Deep Root is a little bit different and they seem to have more backing and um, a little bit, I mean, they're more organized than some of the other. They, they have a plan in place for manufacturing and things like that. So I would say that their chances of success are better than some of the other startups, but I'm fairly ignorant on, on what all that takes. So I don't know one way or the other, if, if they will meet it. But I do think that I hope they do just because I think it is the same way with Jersey Jack, the competition has been great for consumers. Jersey Jack came in and then Stern has been stepping things up and, uh, it's just the, the competition and the options that you get in pinball now as a hobbyist, which is, is what I am, is it's phenomenal. I like it too.
0: Jeff, thanks for everything you do with This Week in Pinball. We certainly look forward to it when it comes out on Mondays. And then you've got kind of little tidbits throughout the week. We enjoy that. Keep up the great work. And uh, if you like what he does, help him out on Patreon too. Jeff, thanks a lot.
1: Hey, I appreciate it.
0: Good talking to you. This has been your Pinball Profile. You can find us on Facebook. We're also on Twitter at Pinball Profile. Email us pinballprofile at gmail.com. And please subscribe on either iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. I'm Jeff teoles.